1994, the pinnacle of human civilization. While the small screen saw the debuts of such cultural touchstones as Friends, ER, and Fox's Mantis, M.A. Moviegoers got a double dose of pre-breakdown Jim Carrey with The Mask and Dumb and Dumber. The Sony Corporation released the PlayStation gaming console in Japan, liberating video gamers from the Nintendo-Sega two-party system that had prevailed for so long. And a band from Bakersfield, California, first unleashed the raucous sounds of new metal on the world. Their name? Korn, with a K, and a backwards R. But there would be no Son of the Mask or Dumb and Dumberer. No two seasons of Joey, no PlayStations 2 through 4. No Limp Biscuit, no Deftones, no Cold Chamber, no Taproot, no Dry Kill Logic, no Crossfade, no Factory 81, Flaw, Flyleaf, God's Because Nino, in 1994, that all ended. When a runaway planet passed through our solar system, bringing about an apocalypse that would convalesce 2,000 years later into a dangerous new world of advanced technology and magic. One burly, blonde, bare-chested, sword-wielding man stands against the tyrannical wizard kings. Thundar! I mean, mean Thundar! Today on Days Past Tooncast, we're talking about Thundar the Barbarian! Days past Tooncast, everyone. My name is Will. My name is Travis. And on this podcast, we have adult conversations about yesterday's animations. We're back. Yeah, we're we back are. in, I don't remember what year, two, two, two and 2800 something? Yeah, I think. Sure, I should have checked on that. We should have. That one single fact that I could look up about the show. Yeah. I do know that the apocalypse happened. In 1994. Yeah. So we're currently living uh, like 24 years post-apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Everything that's happening around us, it starts to make sense a little, <laughs> a little bit. bit. Yeah, it's linking up. Thundar the Barbarian. I have seen that we received a few more listens on the episode last we covered this yeah. show. Mm-hmm. And I've even had a few people that I know talk about, oh yeah, Thundar, I know that one. Which even with G.I. Joe and Transformers, just like, well, yeah, of course you're talking about that. Yeah. But Thundar, it kind of gets a little glint going in people's eyes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, It kind of makes them sparkle a little bit. Yep, a cult classic, if you will. I mean, I'm assuming that since they're around my age, they weren't watching it when it came out in 1980. They are just, uh, they watched it when Cartoon Network was a young baby network. Yep. When Squidbillies was just uh, a twinkle <laughs> in its eye. <laughs> And that's also fu- probably that's, that's funny. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. And then also probably saw it on Boomerang, which mm-hmm. I think you can still watch as a service. Probably, I think so. Provided by the government, <laughs> old tunes should be it's made. Rationed. It's rationed out. They should be. You should get tune rations from the government at least, like bare minimum. You're getting some Dino Saucers rations. Mm-hmm. But we, Travis, you and I, last time were bowled over by this show. Yeah, we really, really enjoyed it. Instant said, classic. Yes. We said we got to come back. We got to do all of them because there's only 21 episodes. Shout out show. to Fred the Blu-ray dog. <laughs> oh God, I, you got to talk about that. I do, I do, man. Tell them. So after we were wowed by this first episode, I might have been drinking a little bit, and I purchased it on a Blu-ray, good sir. Thunder of the Barbarian. Thunder of the Barbarian, yeah. And I bought it from a little a little gentleman called Fred the Blu-ray dog <laughs> off of, off a of Bonanza. Shout out. Are you sure it was a gentleman or a? A digital dog. It was a digital dog, <laughs> gentlemen. Whatever. But it, yeah, his handle was uh, Fred the Blu-ray dog. Uh-huh. I received the package. I opened it up, and it wasn't a Blu-ray case, but it was a it was a printed cover. Yeah. For, you know, someone just printed their house. Yes. And then it was the same situation with the with the CD. The cover the, of the disc. Yeah. Yes. And the the I want to say that the art 
quality it, was low. Like it, someone traced some Thundar cover. A little or bit. You definitely saw it was heavy pixeled. <laughs> that too. Yes. And you and me were like, oh, we're going to put this on. It's going to be Honey, I Shrunk the Kids or something, you know? Or just the FBI is coming. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, of course, I brought it here to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which you were smart about. choice. And we, we played it, and gosh darn, if it didn't play. It played. Like a beautiful thing. We were really jazzed up about this show. Mm-hmm. And watching the second episode, I am not as jazzed up. Not because it's a bad episode. But it's so much more of the same. Did you pick this at random? No, I just went with the second episode because I just figured we're going to go through all 21. We'll treat it a little bit like a Thundercats or whatever. Just say, hey, like we're going to do with Chuck Norris Karate Commandos at some point. Just go through chronologically. So this is the follow up to the pilot. Mm -hmm. And uh, well, here's what happened in it. Thundar the Barbarian, season one, episode two. Originally broadcast October 11th, 1980. Entitled, Harvest of Doom. Thundar, Ukla, and Ariel stop a train carrying a shipment of death flowers, whose petals sap the will of human beings. The lizardmen, known as Karox, manning the train, knock our heroes out with the flowers gas, dumping Thundar and Ariel in a pit, and putting Ukla to work gathering flowers for their customer, an evil wizard. After escaping the pit, Thundar and Ariel come across a young swamp urchin named Ty, who agrees to show them where Ukla was taken in exchange for the Karox train. She leads them to the Deathflower Fields, where Thundar battles both Karox and the mind-controlled Ukla. Thankfully, Ukla recovers his wits, our heroes stop the Karox, and Ty rides away in her new train. A florist would come in handy if there were any left in 28-something. Yeah. Since humans are pretty much just scavengers in this future, we are looking at probably not any florists or any uh, botanists. What are some of the... What's the other one? We have a friend that is... Horticulturist. Horticulturist. That's it. We could never think of the right thing. Plantologist. Yeah, I'm hitting that hard. Horticolor. Horticolor? (laughs) I'm sorry. They recolored uh, Wizard of Oz in Horticolor, I heard. Turner went ahead and did that. Yeah. Re-release. This episode, like we were just saying, it's not bad by any means. And it is very much what I recall to be a typical Thundar the Barbarian episode. The first one just set it up so high. It was so great. I mean, I will say that there's a lack of a strong villain here. Whereas the first episode had this guy that had two faces, one on either side of his head. I wanted him to come back. (laughs) That would be great. Yeah, Yeah, but that's the thing is that there's no recurring cast. There's no immediate single goal that uh, Thundar and his friends are going after. Mm -hmm. They're just kind of wandering around, which can lead to some cool stuff. But because this is not exactly a character-driven show, it doesn't really work. There's also the problem of there are no obvious landmarks in this post-apocalyptic future for me in this particular episode. First episode, we had Statue of Liberty. It was going crazy. It's both a Ghostbusters 2 and a Planet of the Apes (laughs) reference at the same time for us. And this one, I had to go look it up because they go to somewhere and have some kind of landmark every episode of this show. Yeah. They are in what was Mexico. And they end up going at the end of it to a step pyramid, a Mesoamerican step pyramid called El Castillo. Mm. Also, this one sounds pretty cool, a.k.a. Temple of Kukulkan. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to pronounce it, but that sounds like some cult shit was going on there, like some sacrifice. Yeah. You know? uh, right now there's a Walmart right next to, <laughs> to this that's area. That's what they should, you should see the most rundown Kmart. <laughs> it didn't stand out. It's like, oh, cool. I know that. Even yeah. seeing the pyramid. I don't know that pyramid. Right. Yeah. I'm, and, not, I'm not brushed up on No, on I'm sorry. <laughs> it's uh, Sorry, guys. There are neighbors and I'm less brushed up on them than the people who we uh-huh. fought for our independence from. I'm even 10% uh, Hispanic. And I don't. You keep claiming this, and I've never seen the proof. I'm half. You know it's a sore spot. Well, <laughs> how much caveman was it? Like two thousand, I think. Watching this had me wondering why is it that I and and I don't know if this goes for you, Travis. Okay. I get excited when I see a landmark of some place I know, whether I've been there or not, in a post-apocalyptic future. Yes. I'm going to jump out of my seat. I'm just like, oh, that thing. Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> I've been there. Yeah. Even just, I know what that is. Yeah. yeah. So I, I've seen that <laughs> mm-hmm. elsewhere on TV, but now it's special. Yeah. And But I don't, like when I'm watching NYPD Blue, I don't spin around in my chair when I see the Empire State <laughs> Building in 1990s New York because it's like, yeah, that's just where it is. So, I mean, obviously there's a difference between the two, but what what is it capturing? What part of my imagination is it capturing that I just like, I get so damn horny for these future buildings. 
And this uh, this is a future populate like you see in the opening, and it is a great opening. Yeah. Just like you see a ship upended and the moon is in half. <laughs> and they keep prominently showing the moon and the fact that it is split in two yeah. in every background scene that you can possibly see it in. Yeah. And probably some that you shouldn't be seeing it in. There's a moon and it's cut in half. And they just said, make sure it's there to remind us. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I wonder reflecting off the water. Anything <laughs> yes. that you can do. Absolutely. Have people dreaming of uh-huh. moons all the time. <laughs> this is a broken world. A little bit. Yes. It, it seemed, well, and we're going to get into how, all the ways that just Mother Nature has given up. I, uh. It seems like, but I'm wondering, speaking of that, yeah. is this the kind of future we have to look forward to if we don't heed the warnings of those that we covered last week, Captain Planet and the Planeteers? Now, we didn't cause this because in this future, because it was a runaway planet in the solar system yeah. that did this to Earth. But could that not also be our Earth would have been more uh, up to the challenge of a runaway planet had we taken better care of it? That's true. I want to know. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I I'm really with- want to know. <laughs> Before we dive into the uh, flaxen-haired barbarian, <laughs> the he's not a beautiful man. That's the thing. It's no. like he man you look at square jaw, like he's got he's got some he's hot. alluring features. It's a hot dude. <laughs> he's a hot he man. He's a hot hunk. Yeah. What I would like to talk about yes, sir. is his band of friends, mm-hmm. Ukla and Ariel. Yes. Because there's some interesting things going on with them. There are. At the beginning of the episode, the group of people, Thundar, Ukla, Ariel, the band of buds, <laughs> just a band of buds, they're hanging out on in our favorite place in all cartoons, which is a rocky- New Texas. Basically, New Texas yeah. from Brave Star. Just any of these, uh, it is almost in every cartoon that we cover, yeah. that there is some mountainous region yeah, cavernous, with, yeah, with deserts uh-huh. and caverns and all sorts of things. Yeah. They're just hanging out on top of a mountain, apparently in, in what was Mexico, and a train- Drives by them and it's working and it's not in great repair, but it is working. Ukla really leads the the front on this, but Thundar goes right with them. There is no reason to think that there's anything wrong yeah. with this train. They just don't know what it is. Lords of Light, what kind of beast is that? Ukla, no, it's a train. It's not a beast. It's a machine. I want a closer look at this train. They do a stop and search on this train with no reasonable cause except for not knowing what a train is. Yeah. They like they run up to it on horses, and thankfully in the future, horses are faster than trains. Yeah. I guess this thing is in such disrepair that it's uh, horses can only go 25 to 30 miles an hour. They figured it out. Okay. <laughs> they finally cracked the speed barrier yeah. on horses. Yes, yeah. the, the code. <laughs> they, 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 the horse scientists have figured out how to go faster. Yes. Okay. Yes. This I can get into. Mm-hmm. Horses in lab coats. <laughs> I'm in it. Thundar and Ukla at this point are basically two small town cops who see like a, a Prius or something that uh-huh. they just like, they're like, I can't trust this. But it also has all the bumper stickers on it, like the coexist written oh, in different things. Yeah. And the well-behaved women rarely make history and yeah. just a bunch of other ones. These small town cops are like, I don't understand. You're getting pulled over. Uh-huh. No reasonable cause. That's these two guys right there. But they're our heroes. You got an Obama sticker. I can't get behind that. You're getting pulled over. <laughs> and Ukla's first instinct after running after it is just to rip the door off of a running train. He's a savage. He is a, He is an animal. He is not even a being. Like He seems about as smart as a dog, uh-huh. honestly. <laughs> this is a towering... I, I don't know. He's a furry... He's a Chewbacca wannabe, his as we scale, said last time. His scale's all over the place. Yeah, he's as tall as you need him to be. Uh-huh. He's everywhere you want him to yeah, be. Yeah, he's like Santa Claus. Shut up. <laughs> and he is just a fanged, lion-maned <laughs> Chewbacca, basically. With with dead eyes. And he pulls this thing out the door. He does this shit all the time. Last episode, he broke a helicopter that they needed to get away because he was so enraged. While he was flying it. They need a discipline (laughs) system in place for him, like a dog, because he's never going to get better. They need a shot collar. They need a kennel. They need to send him away to obedience school, something. A wire cage always around him. I th- yeah. if, you get, if you can get one strong enough, yeah, absolutely. Right? Something. Get him get him to socialize with some other mocks. That's his race. Good idea. Go yeah. get that. I mean, because he's Team is, building exercises. Yes, all yeah, that. Yeah, because he's basically feral. On the other hand, very much not feral, 
is Ariel, <laughs> who is a sorceress, yes. and she has knowledge of the old days because her father is one of these evil wizards we've been talking about. Her father. Her father is your weasel leisured. <laughs> a weasel leisured of leisure. Uh, her dad's one of these wizards that knows uh, old things that other people don't know. About, like, what bread and gas cost in 1994, probably. <laughs> and I'm going to stop you there, Will. She's also hot. Okay? Okay. She's just a hottie. Okay. Point blank. And that's all I got. Continue your story? Sorry. That's all you have to say. Yes. You don't want to expound on it. She's probably the greatest looking tune girl that you'll see in one of these tunes, man. Yeah. I mean, they, they do draw her very attractively, I yes, would say. Yes, they do. Yes. She, um, she looks kind of like she would be a Kardashian, at least a cousin. Yes. As far as like the mocha skin and uh -huh. dark hair, yeah. Yeah. you know? Here's the thing. I think she's uh, she seems wonderful. Seems nice. Uh, <laughs> I do have some, I think there's something beneath the surface that I'm going to touch on in a second. Okay. But just as taking her at face value, she's very pleasant. Yes. I kind of, as we've established, I kind of need a little pushback mm -hmm. from the lady. So I'm kind of more of a Baroness guy because she's like leather suit, dark hair, uh, going to slap you around uh, a little a bit. Humiliatrix. Yeah. <laughs> so many syllables. Up here, pants tricks. <laughs> So she she's she's more interesting to yeah. me. I would okay. say right. so. Ariel, I, yeah, I, I she, she is, and she is showing a lot. She's not showing a lot of uh, chest. She's just showing all of her butt cheeks, basically. <laughs> like there's like three or four of them extra. I think worth of butt cheek flesh and leg on display. Yeah, she she's just in a bathing suit. She killed someone earlier. <laughs> Took him. <laughs> well, so Ariel is easily the most powerful being that we see on screen this uh -huh. entire time, except for maybe a wizard. Certainly the most powerful of her little band of buds. Yep. At some point during this show, this episode, she just causes the weapons of the villains to disintegrate in their hands. Yes. And it costs her nothing, seemingly. Like, she is not uh, fatigued uh -huh. at all. Yeah, no one's carrying her off, no. In the first episode, we had things like this. I'm starting to be convinced that she does not need to be with Thundar and Ukla, and in fact knows this. She lets Thundar think he's needed yeah. to keep him around, not because she particularly likes him, because he is not a likable person. Right. And Ukla definitely he's kind of, is. He's kind of a jerk. He is a jerk, yeah. a lot. Mm -hmm. He's a grouch. And Ukla, obviously, not, not very enjoyable to be around. <laughs> so I kind of think she is manipulating them to stick around to basically be human shields or fodder or like a weapon that she can aim at somebody. Big bags of meat to protect her, Exactly. Huh? Mm. It's the best defense, a big bag of meat. Yeah. The intelligence level there is so much, I mean, even between her and Thundar, let alone her and Ukla, <laughs> it just has me thinking, this lady has other plans. <laughs> Now, let's buckle down. Okay. And let's discuss the man of the out, the man of the 20 minutes. Yes. <laughs> Thundar the Barbarian, <laughs> uh, who is, you know, like we said, the real he, the real life he man. He's a dumb dumb. He's a dumb dumb. Yep. He is not particularly nice to look at. He has the square jaw, but he has like the the lines of age across his face, uh -huh. and he has the bangs like page boy cut, but in that way that it's like he he just took a, a sharp rock and, and cut his own yeah, hair. And the attitude of the the old man, get off my lawn. Seriously, this guy is not tolerant. Yeah, he would see a baby and be like, I want to kick it. No, I want to kick it. Well, it's like, what can it serve me? Is yeah. it food? <laughs> Is it a weapon? Both answers uh, seems to point to yes. Right. Eight ball says points to yes. So on those two with the baby. But yeah, uh, yeah he is. He is. And I said before, he's a grouch. Thundar the Grouch. I love the idea of him being in a trash can on Sesame Street and I just do. coming out of it. To I'll back people. you on that. hundred percent. Yes. Now, Thundar in this episode, especially seems to be pioneering the throw-everything-and-everyone fighting style uh. <laughs> that He-Man would perfect a short few years later. Correct, yeah. He does use his sword, but it seems like throwing things like a child is his first go-to. His sword might as well just be a cane. It does nothing. Well, yeah, so his son's sword, which is just a lightsaber, let's all, <laughs> let's just call it what it is, 
There are times where the sword actually connects and it's not a robot. In the first episode, he would only kill robots. Right. In this episode, he's rarely connecting. And the one time he does, the monster that he's fighting, it does nothing to it. I don't, and there's no reason except that it's just a tough monster, but it just, it doesn't like, so a now sun, a sun sword should cut like butter. Lightsabers go through things. <laughs> yes. If you're living matter, if you're just biological living matter, it's going to, it's going to cut you. Yeah. And I was proud of them for having him at least try to kill the monster, like by actually swiping the sword at it. That's yeah. almost, I think it was a head, a uh, head hit, man. Probably so. Yeah. Great to go guys over at Ruby Spears. <laughs> Keep the kill shots coming. Yeah. I think Thundar has more problems than sword handling. Mm -hmm. Thundar is a jerk throughout this towards most people. He's probably nicest to Ukla, I think. But he has a problem with women. A little bit. At one point, he is when they're escaping a pit, he is pulling Ariel out. And it's the same. It's this. It's not even a conversation. It's like an exchange between the two of them that I've heard in a lot of shows where a man saves a woman and he does so by kind of throwing her around. Mm -hmm. Afterwards, she comments on the fact that he just grabbed her and threw her around. And then he says, well, would you like to be back in the situation you were just in? Yeah. Which there's some argument for that. I get that. But that argument that he says back seems to, and, he, and Thundar does that to her. He pulls her out of the thing. She's like, you don't have to throw me around like a gunny sack. We're getting out of here now. Must you sling me around like a gunny sack? No, I could have left you down there. Touché. I don't know if the conversation has to stop there. Uh, it can be like, I'm glad I'm out of the pit. Next time, can you warn me if you're going to grab me and throw me over your shoulder or say something? Because that response throws them into this relationship of I'm doing practical things and you're a woman who's bringing prissy. So you're being ridiculous and I'm getting things done. I wouldn't hold on to that so much, except in a later scene when they meet the young girl, Ty, the swamp urchin. Yeah. <laughs> Ty the Swamp Urchin. Yeah, of course. The last the last Swamp Urchin. Everyone's fan favorite. Yes. Yeah. When they meet her and then Ariel and Ty are talking, Thundar basically looks at the camera and says, Females. And he might as well have said, Am I right? And then like winked at the camera like, They're ridiculous. They're making a deal over there. Like they're being smart and human beings. So it just makes me, I mean, and it's not surprising because he is a barbarian. Hey, I'm glad you clarified that she said a gunny sack. I thought she said a gummy sack. A gummy sack. And I didn't really, I was like, oh, it's just, they're getting crazy with it. <laughs> in the future, sacks are gummy. Yeah. That just happens after the post apocalypse. I mean, dude, you always put gummies in a sack. Yes. If you bust. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I could take it any number of ways. Like, it could be the, the sack that the gummy bears, Disney's yeah. gummy bears, keep yeah. all of their gummy juice in. It could be just like a bunch of like gummies that are shaped like sacks. I just, just want to wrap this this point up because okay. it may not be a popular opinion, but there's some symbolism occurring okay. on this cartoon. Are we going there? We're going there. The villain of the show, at the end of the day, the threat yeah. is a flower. Flowers are seen as feminine. They are sometimes you would call a woman a flower. A little Even. prissy flower. A little prissy, a prissy little <laughs> screechy flower. So Thundar fighting flowers and setting fire to them later in the episode seems like he's further getting rid of the feminine energy in the world and just saying, you talk too much. No! In the future, things are a lot different. Yeah. Lots of things have changed and you better get used to it. Because it's here. The future's here now. We're in 28-something or other. Yeah, grab you a wooden raft and hold on <laughs> yes. for dear life. Snakes are fuzzy now. They are, dude. This is one of the things. Snakes are like 12,000 feet long. They're hairy for uh -huh. God knows what reason. And they have antenna yeah. on the top of their head. You can't go five feet in the future without running into some kind of monster. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's what, you know, that's what drives the show uh -huh. is just moving in a direction and dealing with the monster that you run into. Yeah. I think Mother Nature, or if we're going with the Captain Planet theory, okay. Gaia, has pretty much just said, you know what? Fuck it. 
I can't mess with this anymore. Yeah, yeah. She just says, okay, you know what? Snakes are fuzzy now. Lizards are men. Yeah. Sacks are gummy. I don't like, she just does <laughs> like, she is just backed <laughs> off. She's like this. I can't deal with this. Yep. So you guys are on your own. I'm going to hell. <laughs> yes. It's, and it has, man. <laughs> it just seems like a, not a world that I could will myself to live in for very long. Yeah. And every, there's a threat around every corner, like walking dead, you know, you got these zombies, but it's like, that's the only new thing. Yeah. It's all crazy. Yeah. <laughs> every every normal thing is now abnormal. They got trains though. They do still have trains. <laughs> trains are good. Don't worry. Trains keep for a very for for hundreds, if not thousands, of years. Yeah. They keep good. Yeah. The wood doesn't rot on trains. It's <laughs> no. a well known fact. Uh, one of the monsters that Thundar runs into, the one that he uses the sun sword on, uh-huh. and it doesn't work. Back beast! Back to the slime that spawned you! Is like a Stega Sasquatch, because he's this big old Bigfoot type. Yeah. With like a ki- <laughs> Which of Kid and Play had the tall haircut? I believe that was going to be uh, your kid. Your your kid. Your kid. It's your kid and my play. Our kid. Uh, you're right. Our kid. He mm-hmm. has kind of like half of a kid haircut on top. <laughs> yeah. like, just like hair mounded on top into a plateau. It looks like someone just hit him with a mallet. Yeah. And he's got the bump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a cartoon bump yeah. mallet. And he has Stegosaurus like ridges on his back. Uh-huh. But other than that, I mean, he's just kind of a Bigfoot guy or a large gorilla for that matter. And hair that's resistant. To, to the sun, sun sword. swords. Yep. Somebody needs to kill him and make a make a vest out of his skin. That'll protect you from Thundar. Hey, wizards. Keep in mind. You can't have a cartoon in the 1980s without a lizard man or two. It seems like there was a agency that was specializing in repping these lizard men. Because they are all over. They're every everywhere. And and they make good villains because like you know lizard we don't like the things that are not like us. Uh-huh. So if it was like a bunch of monkeys or a bunch of rabbit men, we might not feel so good about beating them up. But yeah. if it's a, one of those damn lizards, yeah, and make it they make it look have the same body characteristics as us, you know, just yeah, lo- give longer them, tail, <laughs> give them scales, but also give them pecs and a six pack, yeah. and also make sure that they wear like speedos or uh-huh. low rise boxer briefs, yeah, because they're naked otherwise. So already it's like so you don't care about clothes. You don't have a need for it. And culturally, you don't even put them on for show or something. Because right now, I don't need clothes in this room. Yeah. It's warm, but I am wearing them because of shame, you know, because of the shame that we've been taught. Yeah. They don't really, I don't know how much shame they have about their bodies because they're all pretty ripped, mm-hmm. but they definitely, as a people, and this seems to go for most of these creatures across and these races across all cartoons, they got to cover their junk. Uh-huh. <laughs> they have something about that that they say, and it's, uh, we know what it really is. It's the FCC and shame. The, sh- the FCC learned shame and they're applying it to these Kerocks. Shame knows no boundaries. No, sir. <laughs> Take him! You are Kerocks! You are unconquerable! Are you unconquerable also, Kerock? But they do have big, long tails, because I guess they're kind of crocodile men. Yes. I guess that's why the name is Kerox. They just kind of look like random lizard men. But they have these big, thick, juicy tails coming oh, out of the back. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Where, where are we going? <laughs> Slow it down. Slow it back. down. And their their underwear has a hole for the tail. Yeah. So, <laughs> who's, your, who's your supplier? Yes. Well, also, what I mean, you know this has to happen after a long night of drinking Kerox cocktails or whatever. Uh-huh. Kerox tails, I guess. <laughs> that one of them is going to wake up and put his underwear on backwards. And now he's got a front hole. <laughs> and now this is just an embarrassing situation. And it looks for like some he pooped because his tail is just his stuck on the... all muddled up in there, just bunched <laughs> up. And then something's hanging out the front, his front tail. <laughs> now, the leader, who I don't even think gets a name, the no. leader of the Kerox is different. So maybe the clothes... <laughs> are a sign of class in their society because <laughs> they're all wearing underwear. This would be very, this would be funny if like England was run this way. It's like the queen gets clothes, everyone else underwear. Yeah. <laughs> because this guy is wearing kind of like baby's first armored onesie. Uh-huh. He's got, that's like a winter hoodie yeah, yeah. onesie where you pull the hood over and it looks like they're a little rabbit or a oh, little yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and if it wasn't for that death flower smoke gun, he'd be powerless. Oh yeah. He's just another <laughs> lizard man. I, he must've known somebody's uh, somebody or slept with somebody's daughters or married them. I would imagine sleeping with somebody's daughters, daughter. <laughs> sleeping with somebody's daughter alone. Never really got you anywhere, but marrying somebody's daughter probably did. Yeah. You, what did you call his gun earlier? 
Fart blaster? <laughs> it really, I don't know why I didn't think of that when I was watching it. Maybe I'm just trying so hard to avoid fart jokes, but it's too perfect. Yeah. The way he knocks out Thundar and Ariel and Ukla and ultimately uh. takes control of Ukla is he blows into this weapon. Fart gun. This fart gun. It's just a straight up fart gun. I mean, it just shoots a sickly yellow gas out of the front mustard, of it. Yeah, mustard yeah. gas. He holds yeah. it with, with, yeah, it is mustard gas. He holds it with a handle like you would a gun, but it, otherwise it looks like a glass and metal plunger. Uh-huh. Like It's like glass around him to protect him from the gas that's coming out. And then it's, 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 it's like the parabolic mic. The, uh, yeah, 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 a shotgun yeah, mic. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. He's basically aiming a shotgun mic and blowing into it and it shoots farts at everybody and knocks uh-huh. them right out. Yep. <laughs> We've all had an uncle like that. Oh, man. <laughs> With the checkered past. <laughs> Do you like flowers, man? I don't care. If, I mean, they look I, I, okay. I don't, I don't really care about them. But these death flowers, though, <laughs> you man. Asked me. Yeah, I just asked. Me. I was making sure you had the same <laughs> hatred that I do. I don't care for them. I bought them uh, for people before, <laughs> and I'm not against buying them. Okay. And using them. Yeah. To get my way. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. But I, I don't. So, I mean, so you're yeah. like the, you're like a barbarian. You're barbarian. I'm mostly barbarian. <laughs> I'm I'm partly barbarian and mostly real. Okay. <laughs> Gotcha. It's just a big stew over here. Now, how many people would you buy some death flowers for? That's the question uh, you got to ask yourself. Well, I don't know that I'd buy them for anybody. I don't like the idea of controlling minds. I want people to come to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the, then I control you. Yeah. And then I control you <laughs> with my with my charm. <laughs> Where are you going to find that at? My charm? Oh, You know, the death flowers, it's kind of a cool idea. Uh-huh. I guess. I mean, again, this is just more Mother Nature saying, hey, flowers are dangerous now. To low-key talk shit about women. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But they, I don't, the name, what they did with this name, Death Flowers, and what they actually do, which is like make you a zombie mentally, uh-huh. seems very far off one from the other. That was a death flower. Death flower? Its pollen has the power to numb the human will. And I think they just wanted the threat of using the word death, but they couldn't go all the way with it. They couldn't say, hey, these flowers will fucking kill you. Like, they had to go with, these flowers will make you do what we say. Because they're death flowers. And if that's the case, what do they call the actual poisonous flowers that must exist in this future? They probably just call them, like, uh, pretty flowers or something. (laughs) Just like... Prissy? Prissy flowers? Can we say... Who wants a couple prissy flowers? How about a whole bouquet of prissy flowers? (laughs) Yeah, you're not gonna you're not controlling anyone with some prissy, prissy flowers. flowers. I don't know, but they might kill you. That's what I'm saying. They don't know how to name shit. <laughs> <laughs> they outline this whole operation that the Karox have yeah. with the death flowers <laughs> in great detail. Like almost like it's a real operation. Like if if you watch some show where they're uh, like if you watch The Wire, they're, yeah, they're bundling these things up and shipping them on a boat. Well, yeah, bro. exactly. Like they're like on a show like that. What happens is they research this shit and they say, "Hey, this is too serious. We got to really go by the real details of how they do it." So it's as though they actually know of death flower operations yeah. held by Carox because they go from field to train to boat to train again. Yeah, I guess I don't know. They're they're really laying it out for you, like on a play by play level. And somebody, I guess, just really dove into that. <laughs> Thought it deserved that respect. Yeah. I love the relationship between the Karak leader and the wizard. Sadly, we only get to see the wizard for less than a minute, uh-huh. I think. Uh, and he, he doesn't have a lot of personality, but he is extremely whiny. Welcome to the Valley of the Karaks, almighty wizard. I grow impatient for the death flowers you promised me, Kerak. The harvest is nearly complete. By dawn, the death flowers will be on their way. Kerak's keep their word. Fade better. The death flowers are my weapon to defeat the humans beyond the swamp. It makes me think the combination of wizardry and uh, pickiness and everything that I think like the worst nerds, the yeah. truly toxic nerds, the evil nerds of the uh, world, uh, however you might might put them, they are the ones, their bloodlines will live on into the 2800s 
and their children's 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 children will become the <laughs> wizard overlords. Yeah. Probably this is why they became wizards, because their grand, 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 great, great, great grandfathers finally got over their nut allergies. <laughs> <laughs> so you mean tell me you'll, you'll find a way to get get through that. The nut allergy or they have asthma or something. Yeah. I, have, I have both a nut allergy and asthma, so I can see this. You're like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> two puffs of it. <laughs> The relationship between the wizard and the Karak leader, the Karak leader is just trying to sell him on everything's going fine. No worries. Yeah. We'll have it to you by sundown. And it's like this client interface situation where he's like, let me show you around the crops a little bit so that you can see why we are the best death flower providers money can buy. It went to Columbia real fast over here, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really yeah. Did. Well, I almost felt like he was going to introduce him. He's like, here, meet Jerry. He's one of our best. He has a family that's a Karak family. And like, yeah. he's just going to like totally try <laughs> to sell it. Like, And then when the other, he's like, Jerry, you fucked up that whole meeting. <laughs> they, they kill him in front of everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's how corporations would work. Yeah. The wizard says he needs the death flowers, which control people's minds, uh-huh. to defeat humans. Humans are middle of the food chain at best in this yeah. future. Like they're wherever uh, dogs are uh-huh. right now. Right. Or at least wolves, maybe. Yeah, there's I mean. way more hairy fish, monster men, <laughs> than humans. Exactly. Way more everything than humans. And humans yeah. are not the most powerful. We've lost all of our means. We don't uh-huh. have cars anymore, yeah. guys. That was our last big thing. <laughs> cars. <laughs> or, or planes. Don't get me started on planes. What of these two will dispose of them? Humans are of no value to us. He wants these flowers to defeat humans. The way he says defeat, it's like, so you're being overpowered by people in tunics uh-huh. that are basically at caveman level or at least like pre-medieval level. Yeah. I don't understand why he needs the flowers because he teleports away in a wisp of smoke. So he seems to be taking care of business just fine. These Karaks, he orders them around. He doesn't even say what he's paying them with. God knows. Uh, underwear? I, <laughs> underwear replacements? That's it. He just creates them in mass. <laughs> Your shipment. <laughs> it's one pound of underwear. Now, the Karaks make what I would say is a, a typical rookie villain mistake. Okay. Once they get Ukla under their sway... They put him to work in the Deathflower fields. Yeah. He, at that point, is the only being working the fields. Once they got one slave, they all stopped working on being, working the fields and let this one guy Mm -hmm. do it. I know he's a beast and he's very strong. Yeah. He's not doing as much work as like 20 Karaks can do. And they're all worried about this deadline by sunrise. If you have a client who's breathing down your neck about this fucking deadline, it doesn't matter if you're a manager or whatever. You all get in the field. You uh-huh. all do everything. Uh-huh. This is bad management. It is. And it goes back to what I always say. You can't do that. <laughs> you you say that a lot. I you're do. Right. I do. I think that would be a good quote underneath your name on a placard or I can't something. Do, don't do that, and I can't do that. I can't do that. <laughs> Yeah, this is this happened uh, with the mutants of Plundar and oh whatever those mopey beast men that they <laughs> that they enslaved right, in right. the last Thundercats episode. Like they had multiples of those, but they were all really slow. Uh-huh. Obviously, didn't want to be there. So like maybe you guys would be better off not using just slaves and do some work, just a little bit. Yeah, just a, just throw, a dash. Throw your worst Karox out in the field, even just five people to supplement this one man thing. Because when he finally starts fighting his new programming, <laughs> you're losing. Like, you, here's something I've heard recently. Okay, you should never have only one person know how to do something on your team. True. You shouldn't have just one person that if they are sick. They fight the mind control or whatever's going on with them. That your whole operation is bunk. Mm. Yeah. And that's what happens. They could just manage better. They need to go to a management uh, seminar. course. A seminar. And uh, villains, if you would like to come to my cinema. <laughs> I love that place. Well, you can come on by. Yeah. Everyone's talking about her. She's on the cover of Us Weekly. Uh-huh. Uh, Entertainment Magazine is a is a magazine. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, Swamp this- Urchins Weekly. <laughs> <laughs> Sun Magazine's hot on her trail. <laughs> That's right. Ty 
the swamp urchin. <laughs> I love it. Uh, she is a got to be like 12 years old at best. Yeah, probably right around there. A uh, little girl who lives in the swamp, seemingly alone. <laughs> Not creepy. She is a shrewd young lady. Yes. Because when Thundar and Ariel meet her looking for Ukla, she says, hey, I, I know where your buddy is. It'll cost you, though. I can show you for a price. That. The train. I don't want to be a swamp urchin all my life. That's my price. Take it or leave it. Why, you little. We'll take it. 12 years old, and she's making deals for trains. Mm -hmm. She should be writing the art of the deal because she gets the fucking train. She gets management. She gets it. She manages a team of one, and she does it perfectly. Yeah. Well, Thundar is not feeling that at all. No, no. Thundar does not like this young lady. Uh -uh. And I, aside from his seeming misogyny, <laughs> that just seems not even just below a, the surface. A little dash. He doesn't seem to hide it. I guess he comes by it honestly. That's yeah. for sure. Here's my thinking. Okay. Thundar, blonde hair, blue eyes. Yes. Caucasian. Mm-hmm. Ty. Yes. Blonde hair, blue eyes, Caucasian. Mm-hmm. Thundar, dressed in brown fur. Ty. Ty. Yeah. The swamp urchin. Uh -huh. Brown tunic. Yes. She's alone. No parents. No parental even stand-ins. She's wily. She's mm, smarter than he is. I'm thinking that Thundar has an illegitimate child, and that child is Ty. I thought that was 100% everyone knew that. Well, I mean, they don't say it in the show. I wish they would. He's like, I, I haven't seen you since I dropped you off somewhere. <laughs> well, like, he travels around. You don't know what that man gets up to. Yeah. I mean, he's he's showing a lot of arm and leg and chest. Yeah. So I think that barbarian is swinging his club. His other sons are <laughs> Elsewhere, and so I think that this is his illegitimate child. That Ty doesn't know it, but he does. Whether it's through sense or just that he knows that he has a child out there, <laughs> he's, he's a ro he's a Rolling Stone. He is, and he doesn't want to be caught up with this mundane shit of taking care of kids. No, 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 no. no. Papa's got a brand new bag. Yeah, a gummy bag. <laughs> Papa's got a brand new gummy bag. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I really thought that was a thing. I buddy. don't blame you. It was like one in the morning. I was like, yeah, all right. <laughs> okay, cool. Gummy bag. Got it. I'm sold. <laughs> this is supported for me not only in her appearance, but and firstly, in the way that he doesn't seem to want to be involved with her or make a deal with her at all. Mm -hmm. Now, some of that's just him being an asshole. <laughs> but at the end, when they do give her her train and she sets off into the wilderness yeah. uh, into the world on her own adventures. Suddenly he has like this joyous, almost like he's going to cry because he he's letting his little girl go look on his face yeah. that he's never had before. So I I'm thinking Ty is thunder. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is thunder's little baby girl. There's some pretty dramatic shit in there as the plot rolls along. Uh, once Thundar and Ariel and Ty, who goes along for the ride. Ty the... Ty the... Uh, street urchin? Swamp urchin. Swamp urchin. Yeah. Street urchin. We're about to swap urchins over oh. here. It's an urchin swap. <laughs> you know. Come on now. Every Saturday, every last Saturday of the month is an urchin swap. You tried to hurt my friend. Your friend just tried to pull me apart, swamp urchin. The fields end up on fire. It is like the end of Gone with the Wind or something, uh -huh, you know, some, yeah. some Civil War epic, but under the light of a broken moon. It's this weird, far future, uh, post-apocalyptic, kind of beautiful thing, Yeah. Uh, if you're into that sort of thing. Burning fields? Burning fields. 100%. Love them. Love it. And as they're bringing Ookla along with them... <laughs> I had forgotten just how funny. I, I watched it once, and then we watched it together before this. Once Thundar knocks out Ukla, because Ukla is, you know, fighting on the side of the Karox because he's mind-controlled. Yeah, when he's flying through the air. Well, yeah, so <laughs> Thundar knocks him out, and then Ariel, proving once again how powerful she is, she lifts him up into the air, and then he just starts floating alongside them like uh, like a Aladdin's magic carpet. Uh, yeah. And it's just kind of floating like a... Like <laughs> they just took his usual character design and just put it horizontal and he's just kind of floating up up and down right next to them it is so ridiculous like you and me discussed it was probably cheaper for the animation for them just, Absolutely. To, pull, just to pull a plate yes <laughs> pull just a plate pull, across. pull the the cutout of the him south. across yeah <laughs> 
Ukla is back amongst friends, and he has his wits about them, him again. And they're making their way through the pyramid to catch up with the Karoks to stop them from delivering all those sweets, drugs, sweet drugs. <laughs> you guys ever done? Uh, hey, Travis. Yeah, what's up? You ever done death flowers? Uh, I mean, I've been around when people were doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's it. Though. But you never had the. Uh, I guess you never had the balls to take them, did you? I mean, are you calling me out right now? I mean, what I I'm doing is offering you an opportunity to what? To take try some them? death flowers, yeah. How, how much? Well, the first time, you know what? First time, I'll let you have them. Oh, you give me a taste. That seems uh, seedy to me to say it that way. Okay, you'll just let me have some. Yeah. What's the next time going to cost? Can we get into that? Your mind. Ow! Ah! <laughs> You're all for it. <laughs> <laughs> Easiest sell yes. ever. While they're on their way to stop that from happening, see, that's what would happen. <laughs> If they didn't stop the Kerox, yeah, they're on the way, and they end up in one of these trap rooms. I don't know what to call it, except like it's the walls are closing in on you. Uh-huh. It's like uh, the the base, or what is it, the trash compactor in Star Wars? Yeah, or the squish room. The squish, yeah, the squish room. I think that might have other meanings. <laughs> it's where you, if you're in ancient Greece, it's where you go to uh, squash all the grapes with your feet. Yeah, we end up with uh, kind of an action hero ending, an action movie ending, because. Uh, you've got Thundar riding ahead of the train on a horse. Uh-huh. He beats the train. <laughs> he beats the fucking train. Yeah, dude. I told you they figured that kind of stuff out, man. Yes. He beats the train <laughs> and cuts the train track over a body of water with his sun sword. Meanwhile, Ukla is just holding on to the back of the train and right. stopping like Superman would or whatever. <laughs> the sun sword's like, yeah, I'll do this this time. Yeah, yeah. sure. I, I'll work for you. Yeah, whatever you need. Transformers <laughs> rules. <laughs> So they, uh, they they beat the Karox. The Karox, I don't. We don't even see. Literally, don't see what happens to them. No, they just disappear. <laughs> so I'm sure they're still out there in the world. What's wrong? Why have we stopped? The death flowers destroyed. That's the general idea. No, it cannot be. And at the end, Ty's got to get her train out of there so she can go on her adventures but this is a broken track so flash forward yep. and you've got Thundar and Ukla repairing <laughs> the train track with one wooden hammer yep this is Dr. Stupid and Professor Dumbass <laughs> doing like engineering work to fix this thing <laughs> it, it looks like glue yeah looks like they put they've done of all sorts of work there. to this like I, I mean they did their best I, I hope that that holds it won't carry one more train over it Ukla can only just lift things right you don't want him actually precise hits do you I don't want him in the field at all okay <laughs> okay we'll take him out <laughs> I enjoyed watching this episode of Thundar the Barbarian. Not as much as the first episode. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that when we return for episode three, it's going to knock our socks off. And I want to see landmarks to make up for this episode. I want to see landmarks that are particular to my life. Yeah. Like I want to see my high school that they go to and fight monsters in. Or <laughs> good Lord, <laughs> the DFW airport at very least. Something <laughs> right around You're us. You're like, at least my parents' house. At least my parents' house. Okay, guys? <laughs> Ruby Spears, I'll send you the address if you'll just put it in for God's sake. Better check your watch. Cause it's time for Travis's Tooncast Toy Oh man, well, Will, I got some toys for you, buddy. Great. Alrighty, first off here, this is going to be from Front Row Memorabilia Shop. It, this will be labeled number three. I don't know why I started with number three. <laughs> why are they I all labeled no numbers? Because there's two. There's two things for each one. So I just kind of made you know to, to associate with. <laughs> this first one is a Jaws signed <laughs> paddle by the cast. <clears throat> and this, of course, because in the first episode of Thundar, there was a Jaws poster in the subway, and we found that humorous, considering that. The Apocalypse happened in 1994. Yes. And that's a movie that came out in like 76. It was very, very random. Yeah. It was the and only poster that made it. And mix that with a little bit of there's barely any toys for this yes, cartoon. Yes. And you get a Jaws or signed paddle. Paddle. Sorry. Uh, okay. Well, uh, and it's signed by the cast. So that's pretty neat. What are you thinking on that prize, little buddy? I'm thinking. In a true fashion, I'm going to throw you a lot of toys. $5,000. Interesting. Very interesting. No, Will, you can get this for thirty six fifty. Oh God! Yeah. Oh wait. Yeah. Oh, thirty six fifty. Yeah, like three thousand yeah, 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 and yeah, something. Three, yeah, okay, three thousand seven fifty. I, I went to like thirty six thousand dollars. <laughs> I was like, 
Honestly, I don't even think that was you in just the movie. Your phone, you just yeah. threw your phone through it. Impossible. Yeah, I wouldn't, buy, I wouldn't pay that much for it, but I got $2 on it. I'll get 50 cents on that. <laughs> that's that's an old family saying. <laughs> My dad, uh, I think he was going to buy a van when he was younger, and he wanted to deck it out so that they could go camping with it and uh-huh. stuff, like put a bunch of shit in the back, like yeah. a bed and stuff. And uh, it was going to cost however much money. And I don't know if he was pitching it to my grandfather or if he was just talking about it. But my granddad said, I'll go 50 cents on that. As if to say, like, well, I support you in doing it, but that's as much as I'm willing to contribute. Yep. And so it's always what he says on anything that's costs money. He's like, I'll go 50 cents on that. I like it. Hell yeah. It's a strong saying, man. It it's is. a strong dad saying. It's good. I love it. All right, man. Number two will be a Thunder the Barbarian VHS tape. 1983. This is vintage, buddy. Ooh. You know, you, you barely. You it's barely... got that, um, that kind of like puffy VHS cover, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> like there are ones that were just like the, the, the paper, the cardboard. Yes. Like the shit. Oh man, that stuff gets so beat up. But there are the other ones that are like this weird rubbery kind of yeah. like slick. You, you'd hold it for way too long. When you grab it, you'd be like, oh, I, got, I can't quit playing with this. Yeah. What, I was just going to keep running my hands over. Going, <laughs> 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 Your toys at the back seat. You're just like, <laughs> yeah, just playing with a case. Uh, so I love them. Any guess on this price point, buddy? $15. How much? How much you pay for this? How much would you? Zero. I don't want it. I don't Fantastic. even have a VHS to play it on. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Twenty four dollars and ninety five cents. No. <laughs> how much did you pay for the the uh, the bootleg? I want to say somewhere around I don't know, twelve fourteen dollars. That's no. Don't be embarrassed by that. That's like, and that was the whole series, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. So this is like probably two episodes mm-hmm. on this VHS. <laughs> half so, of, half yeah. of one episode. Yes. <laughs> Inconceivable. <laughs> I, you're like, I can't I, I can't have it. I'm done with this. Get out, but sit down. <laughs> Get out, but sit down. Thank you all for traveling once again into the post-apocalyptic future with Travis and I. Mm-hmm. If you would like to contact us, you can follow us on Twitter at DP Tooncast. You can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash DP Tooncast. And you can email us, DP Tooncast at gmail.com and if you like funny stuff and our show be sure to check out our rap music video on youtube it's a parody mashup of 1992's x-men animated series theme mixed up with sir makes a lot's baby got back just search days past tombcast on youtube the video is called x-men attack uh double up uh what's that will uh uh uh. yeah there you go and until next time when i think we're gonna get pretty radical pretty dutical if you're radical or dutical, definitely come back next time. Dude, what's episode. that surfboard doing? What's that surfboard doing? I don't want you to see. Don't look at it. Okay, I'm like, it's a surprise. <laughs> We're going to surf on out of here into the future. Until next time, uh, tutor my duter. Tutor my dude. That'll be a kind of metal singing eventually. Did you do it again? I didn't touch anything. (laughs) 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 Daintiest drummer. The the tiniest drummer by Road Doll. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm no longer aggressive with the drums. I'm done with that. That's the thing of the past. You're swinging now. Thundar and Ariel come across a young swamp urchin named Ty. Named Ty. Named Ty. Ty. I'm her bag of meat. You're like, I don't care if you actually want me to die. <laughs> Was that poison? <laughs> oh, poison again for breakfast? Who told you to get out? Stay here. Where are you going? Get out. <laughs> Sucking on those 90s. Come on, phone. Sucking on the 90s. Sucking on the 90s. Sucking on the second on the second on the 90s. Dude, the 90s had the best. Sucking. Gonna take you down to zero. All right, ready? Sorry. I've been to zero, and you're no zero. <laughs> oh, I'm calling the police! Oh, I'm calling oh, the police! I'm calling the, I'm calling the, I'm calling the police! After escaping the pit, Thunder and Ariel. <laughs> Ariolia. Ariolio. Oh, touch my Ariolia. Eh? I don't know how that song goes. I can't think of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm out too. But they have one song I do like, though. Dude, that's it. Yes. I was an assistant engineer on it's that one. <laughs> Just playing a guitar and, like, car sounds are coming out of it. Honk, honk. You know how cars sound. I have nothing. 
shouldn't shouldn't write a check that your brain's ass can't cash. You, Travis. You're wanting it. You're like, here you go. Yeah. I signed it. 